Hey, leading moms. Welcome to episode 70 of the Moms That Lead podcast. I have a few questions for you. Have you ever sat down and mapped out your own story? Do you know the power of doing that for your own well-being and for your ability to lead? Do you know how to harness the motivational power of a good story for your team? At the end of this episode, you'll know only because you listened to Juliet's story and the story of the many women that she's had the opportunity to interview. Juliet Hahn is a storyteller, consultant, keynote speaker, and content creator, wife to Dan and mom to three boys and two boxers. Her mission in life is to give women and men a stage to share their stories. She believes deeply that everyone has a story and that we can all learn from each other. We just need to listen. She hosts the podcast, Your Next Stop, and live shows that highlight people who have followed a purpose or passion and made it into a career. YNS Live with NFL Thread is a series that dives deep to understand who NFL women are and showcases their talents, initiatives, and missions. I can't wait for you to meet Juliet. But first, in case you're new here, let me introduce myself and Moms That Lead. Are you feeling stuck in your leadership or life? Like each day is a repeat of the one before it? Is your health and well-being suffering as a result? Or maybe you're feeling like you finally have the opportunity to make the impact that you've been longing for, but want to make sure you're honing your leadership skills and focusing on your well-being so that this high will last. Either way, I'm here for you. I'm Terry Schmidt, your host and leadership mentor. I'm a corporate leader and coach turned nonprofit founder with over 20 years experience developing others toward their full potential. At Moms That Lead, We know that leadership is not about position and that moms have a unique ability to lead and inspire others in all of their circles. We're here to help you thrive so that you can make the impact you long for in your workplace, community, and family. So if you're ready to ditch mom guilt and activate your strengths, let's jump in. Welcome, Julia, to the Moms That Lead podcast. We're excited to have you on today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, I would love to start off like I start off with all my guests, just asking you to tell us a little bit about what you do and your journey to that point where you are today. Okay. And I will try to keep this concise, (laughs) but as we're going to touch on storytelling, it is one of my absolute favorite things to do. So I will just give you a little background. I am dyslexic. School was hard did not love it, but I played sports and I really loved sports. So I went to college, played two sports, ended up changing my major in college because um, I realized very quickly that I did not want to do corporate fitness, but Mm. fitness is what I was good at. So that's kind of what drew me to that. But then I had to take anatomy and physiology and being dyslexic. It was very quickly that I was like, oh no, I don't, I don't want to do this. I know I could do it, Mm -hmm. but I I didn't want to, right? Mm -hmm. It would have been a lot of effort, but I didn't want to. So I went into communications, radio, television, and film because I knew very early on being dyslexic where my strengths were, were communication. Mm -hmm. I could see the teachers always like stopping and being like, wait, can we ask you another question there? And it was definitely, you know, I, I would stop my adult, you know, aunts and uncles would stop and listen to my stories and hear what I had to say. So I knew very early on that that was a gift of mine. 
So when I went into radio, television, and film, I actually went into the sales side because of the communication part and the people, you know, just the whole relationships. I, I really loved that. Mm-hmm. So from there, I stopped. I had kids. I, I stopped. I, I went <laughs> and I had, I didn't stop. I kept right. going because I don't stop very often. Met my husband in New York City and we started a family. I decided to stay home, which was not the easiest decision, mm-hmm. even though I always wanted to stay home with my children. I babysat since I was like 11 years old. It was where I also loved because I loved to tell like stories. Mm-hmm. Kids, they listen to all your stories, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a wonderful audience. <laughs> yes. Yes. So I knew I always wanted to, but it was at a time where it was women could do it all. It was that, that time I'm 48 years old. My oldest is 16 and I was in New York city and people were like, you could do it all. You can work and you can have, you know, your kids. And I knew deep down, I didn't want that. And I'm very confident person. I usually know Mm -hmm. what I want, but if you've had children, you know, that sometimes you get a little messed up after like with the hormones. Yeah. Yeah. Just a little little, bit. Yeah. Just a little, you get a little kooky. And so I was like, okay, I have to do this. My sister and I had babies at the same time. She was in Charlotte, North Carolina. She was in corporate real estate and I was in alternative advertising. I traveled everywhere. Mm. My hours were crazy. I worked for a British company. I was in London. Like it, it was wonderful. But for me to think about having children, I knew I wanted to breastfeed how am I going to do this? Like, that doesn't Mm -hmm. sound like something that sounds really great. And I don't know that I want to. And I remember saying to her, I was uh, interviewing nannies and she said to me, what will make you a better mom and wife? And I didn't even pause. I said, oh, to stay home. And she goes, well, why are you even going back and forth? And I'm like, well, mom said it's a good idea to work when they're little. My mom is, was a kindergarten teacher. Mm -hmm. She and my dad did get divorced. And so she was very much into, you want to make sure you have your own stuff and Mm -hmm. really taught all of us girls that. But I was like, I just, it didn't feel right. It didn't sit with me. And that's one thing that I want your listeners to listen to. And Mm -hmm. I talk about on my podcast is when you have that, that feeling Don't Mm -hmm. just don't stuff it really explore it and, and figure out why am I having this feeling? Mm -hmm. So I did, when I said that to her, I want to stay home. I stayed home and raised three wonderful kids. And we moved out of the city, moved to the suburbs. I, you know, was a PTA mom realized I don't love that, but I'll, I'll do that. I ran the environmental club. I used to do like this puppet shows on the three R's. I really enjoyed that. But then as my kids grew, there was a time where I got that feeling again. Right. I felt like a little unsettled. I was like, I want more. I don't, I don't, I don't want to go back to the workforce in the city. I know that I don't want to do that, but what can I do? And really is this like, eh, I don't know. So I went back to fitness and I actually started training and doing like in, in class. So I started doing class and teaching people about nutrition. And so I kind of went back and did that because it really fit in mm-hmm. with my lifestyle, partly because I had just uh, turned 40 and my body changed like it never did before. And I was right. like, Oh, I, I don't love this. I'm going to kind of <laughs> go with this and feel you know, wh- where can I help here? So it was also doing good things for me. I absolutely loved that. I loved working with the clients. I loved going into people's houses and doing the one-on-one stuff. Again, the whole communicating Mm -hmm. kind of the relationship Mm -hmm. thing. And then again, probably five years in, I started getting that feeling again, like, okay, I want more. I I don't, this is like, I like this, but I'm becoming a little bit more of a therapist and Mm -hmm. I, and I don't want to be a therapist. Mm -hmm. I just, you know, I want to help you kind of get healthy and fit. And I realized a lot of my clients were missing 
creative passion. They were missing something that was exciting them and whether they were, they used to be in the workforce and they stayed home, whatever it was, it just was like time and time again. And so I decided I'm going to start a podcast because I'm going to use that as an outlet just to tell stories. Cause mm-hmm. I'm going to go back to my whole storytelling, how I mm-hmm. loved that. And I'm going to share personal journal stories. Cause so many people would say to me, um, oh my gosh, you got so fit. How did you do it? You know, you're on social media. Cause I was on social media, always have had two boxers and three kids. You seem like you're doing it all like so easy. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like behind, behind the scenes, always you looks up. that way from the outside. Right. Right. And I, but the thing that's funny is I really did think on social media, I was portraying a, a really honest picture, mm-hmm. but from the people that were looking in, I guess it wasn't as hot mess as I was thinking. So Mm -hmm. I was like, this is interesting. So let me dive into this a little bit more. Like I love connecting with moms and women about this. And I am, you know, I am me there's no way I can fake it. I was born this way. I can't like, I can't, I don't keep things in. If I'm upset, everyone knows it. If I'm happy, Mm -hmm. everyone knows it. If I'm angry, everyone knows it. And they know why I'm angry. Even like, you know, the person walking down the street, Oh, how are you? You know what? I'm having this kind of day. I'm that, I'm that person. I do know my boundaries. So if they're like walking, I don't make them stop their walk, but you know, I will let you know if if you have a second and you ask. So, and sometimes when you don't ask, Mm -hmm. um, But so I figured, you know what, this is a very interesting thing to me. If I'm thinking that I'm portraying what I'm portraying and then people are seeing it, why is that? Like, what, what is, what is going on there? So I decided I'm going to do personal journal stories and, and really talk about my life and talk about, you know, when my kid fell out of the high chair and I was Mm -hmm. kind of shaming Britney Spears and then it happened (laughs) to me and I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this just happened, but okay. I'm a good mom she's a good mom. Why am I doing this? Uh Right. Right, And, and other things, you know, I mean, so many other things that I was like, I, I want to share those stories because so many people, especially the town that I lived in, it was very outward appearance. You know, Mm -hmm. everyone you saw, they were always matching their girls matched. Everyone had big bows. If they were girls, their boys were always in, uh, you know, seersucker or, or sports stuff. Mm -hmm. If that's what they were doing. And I let my kids dress themselves. I was like, eh, you know, if they want to dress themselves, they can dress themselves. So they were always mismatched. And so it was a funny thing. People would be like, Hmm, this is not the way the town is. And this is interesting. This woman is kind of, and then she's going on social media, showing her workout. So I was definitely a little different for the town, (laughs) which I actually liked. I was like, yeah, no, I'm not the same. I like, I like this. So when I was telling these personal journal stories, I would have so many people reach out and be like, oh my gosh, this happened to me and this happened to me. And, and that's where really the podcast kind of took off. And I started it as a, really as a passion project because Mm -hmm. I needed a creative outlet because I was feeling that feeling of kind of feeling unsettled and I want, I, I wanted to do something more. Now I didn't know how to start a podcast. I got the idea within six months of launching it. I, I Googled, I was like, I can figure Mm -hmm. this out. I now know a lot of, you know, there's a lot of people that I work with because I do consult on helping people Mm -hmm. do this, but that don't do that. Right. They're like, no, what, like, what do you mean? Like, what if you don't say the right thing, or you don't know how to do the audio, or you don't know how to do this. And I'm like, you figure it out, right. right? You, You figure it out. And that's what is so important, you know, about if you have something that you're good at and that you're Mm -hmm. excited about, 
you need to follow that. You need to go down that path. And I talk about it on my podcast all the time about, I truly believe we all have a path, whether Mm -hmm. you believe in God or you believe in the universe, but we really all do, but not all of us find it. And not all of us find it at the same time. Mm -hmm. And it's when you really listen to that gut or you listen to something, or you're talking to someone and they, you know, they start talking about, Oh, I just wrote a book. And you get that twinge where you're like, Hmm, but you stuff it. Cause you're like, why, who am I to write a book? Mm-hmm. And I think so many women do that. And I want to teach them not to, I want to teach them to, you know what you have a dream, you have something that you want to do dream big and do it, find mm-hmm. it. So that's like a little bit about what I do now. I do. My podcast is called your next stop. And I did change it from personal journal stories to interviewing people that have followed a passion and turned it into a business just like I did. So it mm-hmm. kind of switched because when I launched it, I launched it in 2019, then the pandemic happened. So I wasn't really having a lot of funny stories to share. Not that they were bad, bad stories. It was just like, okay, we played another round of, you know, games and cards. (laughs) We're all, we're all in the house and the boxers who are my dogs are going a little nuts. The kids are going a little nuts, but we all really love each other. And my husband's slowing down and he's here. And I kind of like this, but Mm -hmm. that's one episode, right? Yeah. (laughs) Right. Right. That's Yeah. You can't really drag that out. So I did quarantine stories. I was like, oh, I'll do like a segment and I'll do quarantine stories and I'll interview people from around the world about what their quarantine looks like and what it it is like in their neck of the woods. So it's really funny because, you know, everyone's kind of bored in the house and I'm starting this this passion. And I literally will interview someone like this. And then I run downstairs and I run downstairs and I tell them, Oh, I just interviewed this person from England. And this is how their quarantine looks guys. Think about how good our quarantine is. Think about how blessed we are. So every time I was like this happy person where everyone else around, I mean, my family, we were good, but like anyone else that you would talk to, I can't stay in the house anymore. I can't do this. We were actually in a really good spot. And, Mm. you know, and it was, I don't want to say it was because I was coming down and sharing all these things. Cause I have teenagers and we all know that that doesn't, <laughs> you're happy right there with not, you. Right. It's not going to make them happy. They yeah. kind of were like, mom, that's annoying. Why, what are you talking about? But mm-hmm. then they would be like, oh, that's really interesting. I, who are you doing that? You know? And so it became this dialogue and it was really fun for them to see me kind of start this passion project. And for my mm-hmm. husband too, start this thing that I said, I'm going to start and then actually do it. And then actually enjoy it and then realize, holy crap, I'm really good at this. This is my path. This Mm -hmm. is what I was meant to do. And to find that in such a way was really cool. So quarantine stories, I realized how the interview process or the conversation, Mm -hmm. how much I loved that and how much I loved asking questions and how curious I am and then how important storytelling is. Mm -hmm. And then we, you know, we can kind of talk about that, but the storytelling aspect of, you know, I would talk to a person and then they would realize that they're in the business that they're in because something happened to them when they're eight. And they realized it on my podcast because Uh I asked a question that they never thought of, or Uh I connected the dots for them. And they didn't realize that me connecting those dots just opened this whole aha moment. And it was because I fell in love with something and I 
went for it. I said, Mm -hmm. I'm going to do this. And it was right around also when clubhouse kind of boomed. Mm -hmm. So I I got a lot of guests from there. It was a really cool time. It was that LinkedIn, my LinkedIn, I started the LinkedIn that really started booming. So I was really connecting with people. I did hire someone to help me because I was like, you know what, with the money that I made with my whole fitness thing, I'm going to put that back into here because I don't want to edit and I don't Mm want to do certain things. I found that out really early. even though I try, I was like, I can edit. And then I was Mm -hmm. like, "Eh, I don't love that. And it's not going to, it's not going to make me love podcasting. I'm going to figure out what my strengths are and then where, where my weaknesses are and where I can kind of go. But you know, the importance of storytelling is for anyone, whether it's a mom, whether it's a person with a brand, whether it's a person with a business, whether it's someone that wants to start something, knowing your story and being able to talk about it, Mm -hmm. truly a blessing and a really amazing thing. And we all, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, definitely agree with that. Before we get into that, I just want to go back a little bit in your story because a couple of things popped out at me. You know, you mentioned even as a young girl, you realized what your strengths were in terms of communication. How did that happen? Well, when you look, when you struggle in school and I grew up in a town that everyone was good at everything pretty Mm -hmm. much. And my older sister was dyslexic. So I did see my older sister struggle. So I knew that, you know, school wasn't easy for everyone, but really wherever I was school, like people were just, the teacher would say something, they'd get their paper out and they would write it down. I remember (laughs) looking around and being like, what, what, I don't, what am I doing? I don't Mm -hmm. understand. Like it would be maybe like five step thing. And I would be like, okay, I did two steps. Why does everyone, I'm done. I'm turning my paper in. And the teacher would, I would have to raise my, I don't, can you help me here? And so that happened time and time again. And then when I was in fourth grade, there was this gifted and talented program that came into our town. And it was like, you became a knight and you did all these things and you build things. And it was really cool. <laughs> the entire class, except myself. And this, this boy went to special reading. And I, I talk about this on my podcast when I talk about uh-huh. my story. I, uh, the doc, and I was going to say her name, and I'm not going to say because she's probably still in the district. She was a very interesting looking woman. She had giant boobs and a giant butt. And I was fascinated by that. I was always fascinated mm-hmm. by like how people were built and, you know, and, and how they kind of moved around. And she had this giant hair. And she talked really slow, which really annoyed me because I'm such a fast talker mm-hmm. that I would, I would be sitting there like, Okay, get get to the point. What's what's going on here? And we had to read the blue dolphin. And the boy that was in the class with me, he had super dark skin, beautiful, beautiful chocolate skin. And he used to flip his eyelids and they were bright red. So, like, just imagine this beautiful chocolate skin with these bright red eyelids. So when this teacher was reading, he would look at me and do this and we would giggle and and we would get in trouble. And it was just this time where I just remember being like, this is so weird. I would go back to class and all my friends would come over and be like, where were you? Oh my God. We had so much fun. We did this and this. And I was like, I don't, I was, I don't know. I was reading. I, 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 you know, school's a little hard for me. And Mm -hmm. that was my first time. And my mom says, and I think it was even before that my mom says something that she's like, it literally broke my heart. I said, I'm glad that God just made me stupid on the inside, not on the outside. And she was like, Oh my gosh. And know that what that meant, that meant like, thank God uh, that I, and my mom was like, well, thank God she likes what she looks like. Okay. Mm-hmm. Even though, you know, I don't want to, you know, especially this day and age with girls, but I have a family that built all my strengths up. So very early on, I was praised for, okay, yeah, 
that's hard for you, but guess mm-hmm. what? Look at, look here, look what you're really good at. Mm-hmm. And I was also very aware. So like if I failed a test or I did poorly, I would place blame on others. I'm not saying that's a good thing, but mm-hmm. just internally, I'd be like dumb teacher. She didn't mm-hmm. explain it to me. Right. Yeah. But so I didn't self, even though I said that when I was little, I didn't self-talk and talk about myself because I had a lot of friends. I was Mm -hmm. good at things. Like I Mm -hmm. was really good at stuff and communicating was one of them. I realized Mm -hmm. very early on that if I told a joke, you know, like I did, there was times in school. Yes. I was like the class clown. Cause I realized, okay, I can take the teacher off topic, make them laugh and do Mm -hmm. this, but just, I just want to go for really quickly. So my oldest is also dyslexic and early on, they didn't know he was dyslexic. And because he was able to take the teachers even better than I was off topic and ask them personal questions. So whenever they would sit one-on-one with him and his name is Montgomery. So he had a very long name. Like I was able to like get, he was like, Mike, I can't even write this on the piece of paper. Can they just call me M like early, early on? It was like, <laughs> Oh, I'm so sorry. And my mom warned us. She's like, uh-huh. no, with all our learning disabilities, you don't name a summer birthday boy. My mom was at education. I was like, mom, stop. He's going to be fine. <laughs> totally fine. He will run this world. But that was the thing that he realized. Oh, if I talk to the teacher and ask them personal questions, Hey, how many kids do you have? I really like your scarf. What did you have for dinner? Do you like sports? They wouldn't make him do the things that were hard mm-hmm. in school, but they didn't realize that that's what he was doing. They just thought he was a super, you know, and he is a very much of a connector wants to know mm-hmm. about people, but really had a mission. I don't really, you know, I don't, I, I don't really care that much, but I just don't want to do what's in yeah. front of me. Yeah. I, I was that same type of child. So okay. I did it. And, and I knew again, like very early on what my strengths and weaknesses uh-huh. were because uh-huh. you could see the teachers. Right. Right. Yeah. You so, said the teachers, your relatives would, you know, come over and listen to your stories. And so it yes. sounds like it became pretty evident pretty early in life that that was a strength of yours and, and what a gift really. I, I know that you talked to so many women and you mentioned you may not know what your path is until very later, or you, or you may not even find it sadly, but knowing those strengths, I think is, it sounds like it was a critical piece to you getting on the path eventually that you feel you were meant to be on. Exactly. I mean, and just a little story, like it was either seventh or eighth grade. And I had this English teacher that was, everyone loved her. She was like the best. And we had a book and I would always get the cliff notes because reading was really hard for me. And Mm -hmm. then I would also ask my friends like, Hey, just give me a little bit of the stuff. I also knew who Mm -hmm. would explain the book back to me Mm -hmm. because that's how I learned the best. And I would go into class and have the discussions. And she was like, Oh my gosh, Juliet, you're so pithy. You're brilliant. The way you, you connected that that's amazing. And I just naturally did it because it was a strength of Mm -hmm. mine. So I had to then write our first paper and I wrote, I worked so hard on this paper. My mom helped me, but she didn't do my own papers. Like I, I didn't, you know, my mom was in education. So she had to mm-hmm. do it herself. And I remember going in and churning it in. And when she was handing the paper back to everyone, she said, Juliet, I need to see you after class. And I, I knew I was like, I didn't do well. She said, you didn't try on this. I'm really disappointed. And you didn't try. And I literally crushed inside because Mm -hmm. I was like, I tried so hard. I have everything that I want to say, but I can't get it on paper. And that's Mm -hmm. something when you struggle in school with learning disabilities, whether you're, you know, ADHD or dyslexic, you have all this amazing things in your brain and Mm -hmm. you cannot literally get it on paper. I voice text now, like 
the, the way that the world is, is amazing. Like mm-hmm. the, all the combinations that my, my son has, I didn't have any of that. Mm-hmm. So it was just like, here you go. And, and think about my dad had none of that. Mm-hmm. So I remember just saying to her, I really did try. It's just really hard for me. And her being like, well, what do you mean? And to this day, she would say, I changed the way she thought because she really was like, there's no way that you struggle. You just Mm -hmm. kind of like, there's the way you speak, you don't struggle. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, no, but that's a gift of mine. I can communicate. I have big vocabulary. I might not know how to spell it, but (laughs) I can say it and put it in a sentence. So just for your listeners to hear that, because it is really, you know, not everyone learns the same and we all don't have the same strengths and weaknesses, even in life as you know, moms and adults, like, you know, going back now when our kids have homework, I mean, poke me in the eyes. I'm like, Oh (laughs) guys. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, uh, that's beautiful. And we talk about that a lot on this podcast as well, that everyone does have different strengths. And I think, I mean, I see it as a big puzzle, right? We all have something to contribute and something, not just that benefits us to contribute, but something that really is needed to, to put that puzzle together. So I love that. And Something I also heard multiple times in your story is that it was almost like combined that knowledge of strengths, but then also the values that you had that could kind of tell you, you know, yes, I could do this. I would have to put in a lot of effort, perhaps, like you said, but it's just not where I want to be. It's, it, it doesn't feel right inside. And I think that that to me sounds like your values kind of speaking through and, and guiding your path. Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, and I think that's another thing for your listeners to really think about, really think about those, those core values and, and listen to other people's like some Mm -hmm. people were like, I don't know what my values are, but that's where you just touched on something. We all can learn from each other, whether Mm -hmm. you're the president of the United States or you're the, you know, a janitor. Mm -hmm. I mean, or a trash person, you know, like anyone can learn. Everyone has a story and we all can learn from each other. We Mm -hmm. all have to sometimes stop and listen. Yeah, because we're all going at a speed that we're not listening to each other. And it really, especially nowadays, it's important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's a great lead into talking about what you were talking about earlier, the storytelling and the curiosity, which I think those two definitely go hand in hand. We talk to leaders on this show. So moms, whether the, and we argue that leadership isn't about position, it's, you know, everyone has an opportunity to be a leader, regardless of what role they're in. But tell us a little bit about storytelling and, you know, whether it's some of your favorite stories that you've heard from other guests or, or just what, what really makes a good story and how does that apply to leadership? Why is it even important? Yeah, no, great question. So, I mean, the thing that's fun is really, again, as I said, everyone has a story and not everyone knows how to share it mm-hmm. the way that is, you know, I mean, it's another, it's a gift. It's a gift mm-hmm. to be able to share your story and be able to highlight, like some people are going to say, oh, I had a really great life. I didn't struggle in school or I came from a, you know, a wonderful place and there was no struggles or, or I, I didn't know my strengths and weaknesses, but if they really sit down and think there was definitely pivotal times in their life, mm. pivotal times that they remember like little memories, whether it's something that they did with their parent or grandparent or something that happened with the neighbor, whether it's negative or positive, mm-hmm. there's little parts of that. So that's what I really say to people, whether whatever role you're in, even if you're a parent, because, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you're staying at home, it is 
really cool to kind of go back and look at that. And especially if you're feeling unsettled and you don't know what path you're on and Mm -hmm. you really feel like you want to do something different is to really sit down, write down those moments. Like, okay, I'm going to think about my childhood and think of those stories. Now you get better with practice. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. there's been times where, you know, my, my story of, of being in eighth grade and then also in fourth grade, those were two very big pivotal moments in my life that I really remember, Mm -hmm. really remember like, okay, that didn't feel like one didn't feel good. One also didn't feel good, but it also showed me, okay, here I can be different Mm -hmm. and I, I don't have to be the same you know, I'm, I'm surviving Mm -hmm. I know all my friends and the whole entire class is going to gifted and talented. And I'm going to special reading with a woman that I want to scream because she's so slow in her speaking, but there's a reason for it. There's a reason Mm -hmm. for it. And now I do see that it's, it it built resilience in me Mm -hmm. It built where I can be fearless because I'm not afraid to fail because I've done it so many times. Mm -hmm. So Going into that now, when I talk to my clients uh, or I have people on my podcast and I ask questions, just, it's actually interesting. Uh, the one I just had on, she, we were talking about her story and I brought it back to her childhood. Mm-hmm. And she said to me, I've never, she was like, it actually was a very uncomfortable, <laughs> it was a very uncomfortable situation. And she was really uncomfortable re-listening to it. Mm-hmm. Because she never realized how much her childhood actually built her to be as resilient as she was because Mm -hmm. of her path and, and because of her kind of dysfunctional upbringing. And it was really cool for, and she actually teaches storytelling Mm -hmm. as well. Mm -hmm. So it was really funny for me to be like, oh my God. And her say, I cannot believe I've never connected those dots. Like, Mm -hmm. wow, that is such a gift that you have to be able to do that. And that is because I am curious. Like I truly wanted to know about her, her childhood because Mm -hmm. of how she was kind of bringing up all these different jobs that she had and, and, and all these different things that she did. I was like, I want to know about what she did earlier. What were her parents like? Mm So those are really important questions for you to ask yourself to really Mm -hmm. sit down. And so that's one of the things that I do. I do, you know, I do keynote speaking on this, Mm -hmm. but I also do one-on-one work with people to help them either connect their brand, like why they kind of came up with that Mm -hmm. or to connect their story with what they're doing in life. And especially, you know, leaders or someone that has a business, say you have a business and you Mm -hmm. have employees, you want your employees to know your story. So when they're, whether they're in sales whether they're in customer service, they can connect with that person because they know the story of the brand or they know the story of, you know, of the leader also, which is really important to connect their story. Why are they working for that company? Mm -hmm. What made them decide that that's the company they want? Now, this is where I challenge people. If they're like, "Eh, it's just a paycheck, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you need, you need to gut check yourself because If you're working for a company, you know, there's so many different things, the golden handcuffs, you're making too much money to do. Go look at that side, you know, and I don't like the word side hustle, but go look at that, that feeling, that feeling Mm -hmm. that you had and start thinking, how can I create something over here? Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. What, what are my passions? What are things that excite me? When I talk to someone, what can I talk about for hours and really explore that? Yeah, definitely. Because our career well-being, you know, how, how satisfied we are in the work that we spend so much of our time doing is so important. So like you said, if you can't connect your story to the story 
of the business or the story of the leader, it's important that you look somewhere else to get that satisfaction. Right. And I mean, one thing I will say, because, you know, being someone that struggled in school, but Mm -hmm. then also being very good in sports and going to college for Mm -hmm. sports, I was told somewhere down the line that I wasn't creative. So Mm -hmm. I never thought of myself in creative, probably chill really until probably like five or six years ago, which mm-hmm. is insane, which is insane to me. Now I, I really laugh because we also tell ourselves stuff and I wasn't putting myself down. I didn't think it wasn't harming me, but like when my kids would come and say, Hey mom, can you help me with this art project? Or can you help me with this or this creative a- aspect? I'd be like, mm-hmm. Oh no, no, no. Mom's not creative. Go, go <laughs> Talk to dad. He's got the creative yeah. mind. I'm good at this and that. But when I realized you know, and I think about when my kids were little, I literally used to make these stories up. I mean, Mm -hmm. I had these elaborate stories and they would just sit there with these big eyes and I would, I mean, they would say, mommy, can you, can you tell me this? Tell me about the frog and tell me about, you know, the, the dog that got stuck in the log. And I would have friends say to me, where, where did you hear that story? And I'm like, oh, I just made it up. And they're like, you literally just made that up in your head as you go. And I'm like, oh yeah, you're not creative. I didn't think I was creative. So that's the other thing is to think to yourself, if you've always wanted to do X, Mm -hmm. but you're giving yourself a story of like, oh, I'm not good at that. Or, oh, Mm -hmm. I can't do it. Just pause and think about it and, and get a tape recorder, get your phones. That's the thing that's amazing is that you can get the voice text. You can get Mm -hmm. that voice app and just start talking about those little pieces, right? If you don't love to write because you're dyslexic, I mean, Mm -hmm. writing like hurts my brain sometimes, but I'll go into my voice text and I'll, you know, my voice recorder and I'll just talk about things and finding that time to do that. And this is Mm -hmm. one of the other things that I think is so important is to find the time to do that daydreaming. Mm -hmm. You know, people talk about, oh, daydreaming is so bad, right? You think about the kid that's in school, that's daydreaming. It's not good. Daydreaming is what and where we can create the life that we want. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when you do that daydream, you get all of a sudden these pieces and you're like, oh my gosh, yeah, maybe that's the path I'm supposed to be on. So find that time to daydream. I do it when I walk Mm -hmm. my dogs. That's Mm -hmm. like when I walk my dogs is when I daydream. It's when I have the best creative moment. I'm not someone that can sit and meditate like an average Mm -hmm. person because I'm just, I'm a, I'm a mover. I need to move Mm -hmm. for my brain to think. So find that time I think is so crucial. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I would wholeheartedly agree. I think a lot of people have that time in the shower for some reason, <laughs> because you can't right. have your device in front of you and <laughs> you just have to sit there and think, but definitely important to find that time. Tell me a, a little bit, you know, if you have a business, if you have a business, you're a business owner or you're leading in a workplace and you feel like you're just not good at storytelling. So you, you want to convey you know, the importance of this mission that you're on with the business, but you just don't feel like you're good at it. What can you do? So I think that's what was, you know, one of those things that's really important is to practice, write Mm. those things down, try to find that connection. So like, why am I in the position I am in? Like what makes me excited about it? Mm -hmm. Do the, it's almost like the pros and cons list, but think about those times. And that's where, again, it's like so important to find that time to be able to really Mm -hmm. do this and then practice, Mm -hmm. practice doing it, either talk to someone else, you know, get on a zoom and talk to your friend. Hey, let's do like 20 minutes where we can tell each other our stories. And and, and maybe we can pick things out because that's another thing. When you have that support, when you have that accountability person, it really helps. But if you're like super uncomfortable and, and, and really 
or like, I don't, this is so weird. I don't even know what, you know, Juliet's talking about right now. Mm-hmm. Just get your, your phone and just record mm-hmm. your, your story. Tell your story. I mean, I've gotten, you know, I've been doing this now for a number of years. I've gotten so much better at telling my story. You know, the story mm-hmm. that I told you in the beginning, it used to be a lot longer because <laughs> I added a lot more details that sometimes don't need to be there. So also mm-hmm. think, think of your audience, mm-hmm. think of, think of who you're talking to kind of read that because that's the other thing you, it is so important. And that again is a gift that some people have. Mm-hmm. It's a gift that others don't, but you can practice it a little bit and be aware. So if you're aware yeah. at the other person's kind of, you know, body language, okay, this is maybe going a little longer. I need to kind of figure this out. It's, it's just important to be aware of what's going on around mm-hmm. you, whether it's in your own head or people around you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And sometimes having those, you know, trusted partners or friends in that same room with you, that maybe that is their gift to read the audience they can say, you know, when you said this, this is what I noticed. And right. uh, Yeah. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. What are, I know you talk to so many people. Do you have a favorite story or two that you've heard from a woman that you have interviewed? I I mean, there's so many, there's been amazing ones. I mean, one of my first uh, podcasts that I did back in this whole, in 2000, I think it was 2000, like early 2020 or maybe even 2019, she lived in England and had like pretty much like the idealistic life and Mm -hmm. her niece was murdered. Mm. And it like, literally she said that she never had anything bad, anything bad happened to her. And she didn't know how to handle it. Her family did not know how to handle it. Everyone just became silent and depressed. No one knew because there was never any failure. There was never anything. And so she created this whole fairy club and she's got actually, I think she's got a show coming out, but she has a whole book series to teach children about how to deal with emotions or how, okay, this could have, you know, like all these different things Mm -hmm. that, that, that was really brilliant to watch her from when I had her on the podcast to what she's doing now with it Mm -hmm. because of a tragic situation. Now, again, not everyone has these tragic situations, but then I also love the one, the episodes that I have that, you know, someone was in corporate and they decided this isn't for me and they quit and they started Mm -hmm. their own business. I mean, I have so many of those that I can't even pinpoint, Mm -hmm. um, a series that I'm doing right now that I'm super passionate about. And I think is so important is my live shows. So I have mm-hmm. the YNS. So my podcast is called your next stop. It's YNS live. And I have a series that's called YNS live with NFL thread oh. NFL NFL thread is like the LinkedIn for the NFL for the spouses. Mm-hmm. And I happened to interview Cynthia Zordich crazy enough. I babysat her oh. family in Philadelphia, her kids, Oh my gosh! when her husband was an Eagle, because uh-huh. as I said, I was a huge babysitter. So anyone that moved to the town who, who's the babysitter, uh-huh. I was like the babysitter. I had like my, <laughs> my sister. And then I had like a few friends that I would be like, okay, I trust you to go here. It was almost, I should have gotten a cut. It was almost like my own business <laughs> right. back then, but it, I didn't, you know, I didn't do that. Um, and I remember as a 16, 17 year old girl watching her navigate, just picking up her entire family to move to her husband, you know, played for the Eagles, but he had played for two other teams before. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize until after I interviewed her, but she had been losing herself because she Mm -hmm. had a business that she had to close because she was, you know, she was following her husband and Mm -hmm. and someone that she fell in love with in college, didn't know that he was going to be an NFL player. Mm -hmm. And, and she started reinventing herself because she started losing herself. So she was able to do that. She started taking pictures at the Eagles games 
the organization actually reached out to her and said, you're really good. Do you mind taking pictures here? So then as she went on, she started this organization thread, which is connects the women of the NFL, the spouses of the NFL. So Mm -hmm. if you move to a different city, if you, if you're there for a game, you can kind of look up, see what other people are doing, see what other businesses people have. It's like a very big Mm -hmm. networking thing. So after I interviewed her, I said, I'm fascinated with the NFL spouse because Mm -hmm. us as people that are not in the NFL, we had this whole picture. Like I have two sons and a husband. We're a big sports family. As Mm -hmm. you know, we're Mm -hmm. big sports family. So, and my daughter, even too, like we, we watch sports, we do fantasy football. We are, you know, every sport pretty much we watch. So I said, you know, I will never think the same again, when my son and my husband, you know, my sons and my husband say, Oh, X, Y, and Z was just traded to this, this team. I will go right to that, that spouse Mm -hmm. because I have moved Mm -hmm. and I've, I've moved by choice, but we all know that when we move, moving is hard. And as much as you're excited about it, once you get there and then you're like, Oh, the dentist, Oh, the doctor, (laughs) I just went through that myself. Yes. (laughs) It is is hard, right? It It is. is hard. So thinking about these spouses and girlfriends that maybe didn't choose that life, but they Mm -hmm. fell in love with someone and then they have to navigate it time and time again, sometimes every two years, Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I need to start interviewing these guys. So I have a series and we are doing, so Tom, Tommy Vincent was, was one that was amazing. Five kids. Her husband is Troy Vincent, who's in a hall of famer. Mm -hmm. He actually works for the NFL, the the actual corporate company. Mm -hmm. But there was a time where she said she got really depressed because Mm -hmm. she lost herself. She Mm -hmm. kept doing everything for her kids because she wanted the life for her kids, but she forgot who she was. Another, you know, Dominique Sensabaugh was another one. And Rachel, I mean, there's just, I can't even tell you, I just interviewed Holly Robinson Peets. Their stories are incredible, but what they are doing for charities Mm -hmm. and for their hometowns and for other organizations we would never see it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the average person would say, oh, I don't feel for them because they have millions of dollars and this, not every NFL family does. Mm -hmm. And not, I mean, think about the, the player and, and this is really in any sport, but the player that gets injured and the spouse has to, you know, they, they've been playing since they were five years old. And now all of a sudden their life is like the amount of, stuff that woman Mm -hmm. takes on more than the average woman. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's, you know, Mm -hmm. military, I mean, there's other organizations that do, but this one just fascinated me because I remember that connection to Cynthia Zordich. And so that's been huge. I love that series. And so that we've, I've been really, really focusing on, on that one. I mean, again, another, I just had this woman, Rebecca Nunez, who has an agency in LA. She was huge in the advertising world and COVID, uh, I mean, huge and Mm -hmm. COVID kind of stopped because it was live events. Mm -hmm. She started, started her own agency in LA. She's like, I thought, who am I to do it? That one's not, that's going to be coming out next week. Who am I, who am I to start an agency in LA Uh started it. And in 2020 in 2020, and it is so successful. It's ridiculous. So that was a really fun one. Yeah. I, I mean, it's like, yeah, it's, do you find can, that there are themes that make certain stories pop out to you more than other stories? Or when I ask you about your favorite stories, are, are there reasons, common reasons among those stories that make some rise to the top? I mean, I think some, uh, it is, 
it, it's some of it's how the person shares, mm-hmm. like the, their mm-hmm. story might not be as interesting, but because the way they share it, it just uh-huh. captivates you because they're really good at telling their story. But one that really, the ones, and, and, and it really is, happens time and time again, is the one where the person talks about the feeling they got. Mm-hmm. And, and I can't even tell you how many times this comes up, the feeling they got and they stuffed it. Mm-hmm. And 15 years later is when they unstuffed it. And then they have this amazing, their own business, or, you know, they're on this path that they're like, oh my gosh, I I wrote. So those are what excites me because that's Mm -hmm. what I want my listeners to hear, because I know so many of us have had those feelings. Now I've had it twice in my life but I did something about it mm-hmm. because that's the type of person I am because I'm fearless because I'm not afraid to fail because mm-hmm. my story, because my story, because of what I went through in my life. So that's where for your listeners, I think it's so important if you have that feeling and it, it really, you could wake up every day and be like, yeah, my life is fine. You mm-hmm. know, it's, it's not bad. I'm okay. Mm-hmm. But if you're feeling unsettled more often than not, I want you to explore and think about why and explore what you're meant to do. Cause if you're feeling unsettled more than not, you're not doing what you're meant to be doing. And we need more people in this world to go after their dreams, to dream big and do things that are scary and hard. Entrepreneurship is not for everyone, but even if you're in a, 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 you know, in a corporate company that you're like, I don't love this. Maybe another corporate company is what Mm -hmm. you're supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. And it's just so important because life is too short. It's too short to not be, not get excited. I mean, you guys can right. hear how excited I am yeah. about this. And I get to do this every freaking day. I get to wake up, talk to people like you on my podcast or on someone else's mm-hmm. podcast. I get to go on stage and talk to people about this. I mean, I I'm going to, I've told you, you know, the week of the Super Bowl. there's two events, there's a fashion show that's like wow. going to be enormous. Um, Holly Robinson Pete's foundation, which is Holly mm-hmm. Rod is for autism and Parkinson's. I'm going to be broadcasting live there. And I have a crew, you know, I have sponsors. It is insane, but it's because I followed a dream. I followed Mm -hmm. a passion. And when you do that, doors just keep opening up Mm -hmm. and that's, what's really cool too. So when the doors keep opening up now, are there days the doors get slammed? Are there days that don't? Yes. But more than not, I have that feeling of excitement that, okay, I am on the right path. Mm -hmm. I need to keep exploring this. I need to keep exploring it. So Mm -hmm. that's what we need to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, thank you for sharing your story in that regard, as well as just knowing that there are so many other stories. I think that makes it so much easier when you do have that feeling, that unsettled feeling you've seen other people's stories of where maybe they didn't listen to that. And, and maybe when they finally did listen to it, the success and, and the joy and how that affected their well being. I think just hearing those can be amazingly helpful. Yeah. And, and they're not just their own well-being, but like Mm -hmm. their husband, their kids, like, you know, they're just, they said their whole life, it just, because they, and it was scary. They stopped Mm -hmm. maybe a job that was a really important job. Mm -hmm. You know, yes. A lot of times it is a, a supportive spouse, partner, friend, someone, um, but it doesn't always have to be that sometimes right. you, you are enough to get it done mm-hmm. and you just have to explore it. You have to explore it, but yeah. dream. That's what another thing is just sit and find that space to dream. I mean, I love when I walk my dogs and I'm like, Oh, let's see what's going to happen next. Where, <laughs> where am I brain going to go? Uh-huh. You know, it's uh-huh. exciting. That is, that is. And I think too, if we do have listeners who are leading teams, 
being that person that someone can come to and, and you help them work through what are those milestones in your life? You know, what is your story? And let's talk about how you are feeling so that we can get you to a place. Maybe it's just a different role on yes. a different team where they're going to be able to use their strengths and, and feel so much more aligned with their values and, and more fulfilled. So I think everything you shared today, the techniques are going to be so helpful to people who are in that position as well. Well, that's, I mean, I think you touched on that. There's so many people that in corporations that are leaders, that are bosses, you know, whether they're leading their own teams or, you know, for other, mm -hmm. for companies that knowing the strengths and weaknesses of your team is huge. Knowing mm -hmm. what also, what motivates them, mm -hmm. right? Is it, is it getting the commission check or is it getting the acknowledgement mm -hmm. from that leader, like being on the leaderboard or, you know, being called out in Monday morning sales meeting, like, Hey, yeah. this person did that. You really, as a leader need to know that, but that all goes back to stories, mm -hmm. like finding out why that's important to that person. Mm -hmm. So like, for me, I love getting recognized and I know it's because for so long in school, I was always the one that didn't, mm -hmm. right? I was, I was never on the board for any of this stuff. So when I started it, that feeling of just excitement and not bragging or anything like that, just excitement of like, okay, I'm doing something good. I'm making a difference is so important. So for the mm -hmm. leaders that are listening to that, to find out, to ask each of their team, yeah. what motivates you? Mm -hmm. And then, and then ask them why mm -hmm. let's, let's, let's dive into this. Let's find out in your story. Let's, let's hear it. And right. so it's and and making it a comfortable space because not everyone you know some people mm -hmm. don't love that vulnerableness they don't love mm -hmm. sharing vulnerable moments with their their boss mm -hmm. right <laughs> right right I'm not gonna tell you my have boss to have that. that trusting relationship first definitely right and so yeah. that's you know I definitely I think that's so important yeah. All right. Well, I know we're about out of time, but I want to end with one question that we ask all of our guests on this season of Moms That Lead. And that is, what's the one leadership lesson that you feel most passionate about passing on, whether that be to your kids, whether that be to your clients? If you could only pick one leadership lesson, what would it be? To be aware of what's going on around you. Mm. To really look and notice and see because when you connect with what's going on around you, the more present you're going to be in that leadership role. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that. Well, thank you for sharing that. And thanks so much for coming on today. I know you mentioned a lot of things that you have going on and we'll make sure all of that gets linked in the show notes, but oh, yeah. is thank there you. anywhere else that you would like to direct people to learn more about you and the work that you do? Yes. They can go to my website, which is I am Juliet Hahn. And that's J U L I E T H A H N. And it is like, I am a M. Okay. Dot com. Well, excellent. Well, make sure that gets linked as well. And thank you again for your time today and, and sharing your story as well as the stories of so many of the women that you get a chance to interact with. Really yes. appreciate it. Terry, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. What a story. To be honest, before this episode, I understood the power of storytelling to market new products and to learn about the success and roadblocks in others. But I hadn't really thought about just how powerful the practice of story writing and storytelling could be as we think about who we want to be as leaders. Not to mention its power as we help others tie their personal story to our organization's story to give their work greater purpose, a critical part of retaining our team. How will you use the power of storytelling this week? We can't wait to hear about it. And as always, until next time, lead with love.